0: wellnesscoach.com streaming wellness into your life welcome to wellness women radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health work and play dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life welcome wonderful listeners to this week's episode of wellness and radio i'm ashley
1: And I'm Andrea.
0: And we are welcoming you back to another great episode where we talk about all things women's health and wellness and well-being and physical, mental, chemical, emotional, everything happy and well. We want you to live an amazing life. And I think the more we hit on some of these big topics and share some great information with you, the more opportunities you have to learn about what your body's doing, why it's doing it, and then make some amazing choices that can turn your health and well-being around um, so that you can live the amazing life you really deserve to live. We're really excited. Now, I'm going to start this episode with a bit of a, a celeb goss, celeb brag, because this is so cool, and if you don't, uh, if you know Andrea, you'll realize that she doesn't really brag much, but I'm going to brag on her behalf, because even though I almost like don't know who this person is, because I really don't care much for his music, we did have someone very famous in town just uh, just recently this week, and our lovely Dr. Andrea was privileged enough to actually be backstage and adjusting, so who is this super? you got to meet adjust and check
1: um i'm I'm pretty sure everybody knows justin bieber so in perth uh, on monday um pretty much all of perth had bieber fever um so justin Bieber was here on his um world purpose tour um for 2017 and i was backstage taking care of his dancers his crew his band um pretty much pretty much everyone and um got to be backstage got to watch the show with them um it was a pretty incredible experience uh and they can i just say that they were all really really lovely um he was lovely um you know it was it was pretty amazing uh so that was a bit of an honor to be there taking care of their health um leslie his lovely production manager wanted to take me on tour with them that would have been pretty cool but uh (laughs) I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I've got my, I've got, got too many responsibilities to my patients here. Um, but anyway.
0: That is awesome. So ladies, look, we uh, we certainly talk our talk when we're on here and recording for you guys, but uh, behind the scenes, we're also doing a lot of the work, the hands-on work, the hard work, um, what we'd say in the trenches, you know, that the stuff where we have to be hands-on every day, that's how we heal people. That's uh, the primary goal of what we do. But it's just so awesome that you join us so that, um, yeah, you're part of our, I guess, the education side of what we love to share. We love to share the message we have um, and our beliefs on holistic health and wellbeing and And it's just so amazing, Andrea, that, uh, yeah, you were right there to be able to support uh, their whole team and their whole group in uh, their event here in Perth. So congratulations. That was really wonderful. (laughs)
1: Oh, thank you. Um, and I think it speaks volumes as to the way that they take care of their, their health. Sorry about Teaki um, as well, uh, because they know how important that is for their function. Um, and they used to have a chiropractor and a massage therapist that would travel with them. Um, and for some reason, they just, they just don't have that at the moment. Um, but, you know, they obviously recognize the value of that. So I think that's pretty incredible. Um, now cool. I'm I'm crazy. kind of disappointed though you didn't give, do shout-outs to Dr. Andy at the Wellness Woman. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh trust me, I would have loved to um, I should have, I should have. It was um, there was certainly no time for that. I've got some cool merchandise, so I'll I'll take some photos of my little Beaver, Beaver tick-shirt post online so you can see it. Um I'll I'll post some photos of backstage too, because it was a pretty incredible experience. It was hard work. And it was pretty stressful as well um, just because of you see everything that goes on behind the scenes there and if it's not a, you know, well-oiled machine then, you know, it just wouldn't happen. They were going from Perth to Melbourne which is a five-hour flight away and all of the guys had to completely dismantle the entire stage and the entire production that night to get it on trucks in order to get that stuff to Melbourne in time. These people are so stressed (laughs) and work so, so hard, which has kind of led us into this episode as well. Um, It's not just, you know, it's just not something that just affects celebrities and people who work with them too. Um, There's something that we're going to be talking about today that's really important that was sort of touched on um, and that is how chronic stress makes us fat or makes us gain weight. And this has been really important to women um, that I've been seeing recently. And I've had quite an influx of patients saying things like, I've never exercised so consistently and so hard in my life. And I've never, um, you know, been either so restrictive with my diet or eaten so well, um, quote unquote, in my life. And I'm still gaining weight. What is going on? And there's a really good reason for that. And we're going to talk about the biochemistry and the physiology of why that happens today so that you can really understand that when your body is in that constant state of fight or flight, why it is that we gain weight and what you can actually do to sort of help flick that switch as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think um, ladies listening, you've probably had similar experiences in your life. It's interesting though, because sometimes people do talk to me, my clients will sometimes say that they actually lose weight under stress. There's uh, certainly that possibility, but I think the majority of us will tend to gain weight under stress. And the problem is that chronic stress is really like a triple whammy for weight. Um, you know, It increases our appetite. It causes certain forms of fat storage, which are really hard to shift. And it also interferes with our willpower to then continue that healthy lifestyle because we feel as though we're failing and uh, it leads to that nasty kind of yo-yo cycle of try, 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 no success, beat yourself up, um, Mm -hmm. go binge with a tub of ice cream on the couch because it's not working anyway and then feel guilty again and then beat yourself up the next week with you know heavy training or some, I guess, uh, approach to very restrictive dietary uh, changes. So it is certainly something that I have every day in practice with women exactly the same experiences talking about. Not being able to lose weight, but particularly in the areas that bother them most, and that is the whole sort of muffin top, love handle, belly fat, uh, top of the thighs, back of the arms, um, you know, the flabberjabba chicken wing kind of area, <laughs> which is. And this is the descriptions that people people loathe these areas. They they literally will hold their arm up in the air, grab the back of their arm, and go, you yeah, know, this this here, I hate this here, I can't get rid of it. Um, lady arms. Yeah, and that that self loathing that comes through when they describe what they're so frustrated with. So. I think it's so important, ladies, to understand why, how it comes about, the biochemistry behind this, and then, of course, some of the things you can be doing to actually make guaranteed changes. And I say guaranteed because when you get this formula right, there is no biochemical reason why your body shouldn't start to release the fat that's being stored in the wrong places. So how does that sound to you guys listening? Does that sound like something you want? I hope so because uh, we're going to roll into this right now. And I think when most people think of stress – What's your first thought? We usually think of the psychological stress, the the, the stress in the relationship at home or the, the headache, nightmare boss at work or the kids that drive you crazy or that, you know, awful, nasty person who is saying horrible things behind your back and it creates this emotional, psychological stress. Um, however, it's so important to realize that stress is not just psychological um, and, when we hear the term stress, we, we will often think of you know other events, l- losing jobs, marriages, and they say, oh, yeah, but that's a really stressful event. My question is always compared to what? Because stress is a perception. Mm-hmm. And some people will deal with certain situations really well because they have a mechanism or a coping strategy. Um, and other people will have a very, what we call a minor stressful situation, which is actually a major stress to them. So psychological stress is very much um, on a scale, a sliding scale there, and each person responds differently to those stresses they're experiencing. So, well, what sort of things happen as well? You have also things like the chronic stress that comes through our mind, but also the physical stresses. So things like the chemicals in the environmental, environmental toxins, Um, even too much exercise is a stress. You know, it's a physical overload, um, chronic infections that are undetected that go on in your body for long periods of time are physical stress responses, inflammation, bad sleep patterns, poor sleep, lack of sleep. These are actual stresses that are causing your body to go into a mechanism which we call fight or flight. So, Andy, I'd love you to go through um, what it is, you know, the biochemistry of this mechanism because I'm sure you've heard us talk about before with regards to this fight or flight response. It's the kind of primitive responses your body goes through the chemical pathways that will change and activate and and also initiate switches off and switches on as if you're being chased by a tiger.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. And we've talked about some of the physiology that happens when we're in that fight or flight state. So I'm sure you've heard us say, you know, hundreds of times that when we go into fight or flight, like we're being chased by a to tiger, the blood diverts away from our reproductive organs, away from our gut, increases our blood pressure, increases our blood sugar levels, um, so that we can kind of, you know, run away. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens as well. And this is not just from, say, running for our life. This is can even be just from being in that perpetual state of hurry, 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 or that, you know, rushing women's syndrome, um, the starting out. And this is sort of how I see it manifest in women. It's starting the day, jumping out of bed to an alarm, skipping breakfast, or, you know, inhaling something on the go, um, starting your day with coffee, without, you know, anything to buffer it, like good fats or proteins. So it's like that, that constant robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of analogy that I like to use. And, one way or another we we're going to pay now we're going to pay later in terms of physiologically how this keeps affecting our systems and we're living for our weekends or our evenings to try and cool down and calm down but it's just not happening because we're just living in this you know western world that there's no time for rest and there's no time to calm down and most of us don't even know what that means anymore Absolutely,
0: yeah, and our bodies are not made for chronic stress. Exactly, We're designed to have acute stress responses, so quick responses to bring us up, survive, get over the, the major drama that's happening in our life, and yep. then get, like you said, cool down, calm down, get back to balance, that homeostatic balance where the body and cellular functions are all in sync again, and then again, ready for another crisis that comes on, and again, the acute response. We are not adapted or we have not evolved to deal with chronic, unrelenting stress that's so common in this modern
1: life we have. Yeah, exactly. And look, one of the big culprits here um, is cortisol. And cortisol has got a bit of a bad rap lately. It's seen as um, the the bad stress hormone. Um, but I want to take it a little bit further so you can really understand how cortisol really works and how it affects your system biochemically. Um, if we didn't actually have cortisol of all of our hormonal function if we didn't have cortisol we would not survive we cannot live without cortisol so it's almost like there's that that goldilocks um sort of level of what that good state of cortisol is too high is really detrimental and damaging for our body and too low is just as much Um, and let me sort of explain to you why that chronic cortisol imbalance is what leads to that weight gain and and that health um, dysregulation so when we're under that chronic stress there's a few things that happen so it raises our blood sugar levels it makes it really hard for glucose to get into our cells it makes us hungry it makes us crave sugar um, it decreases our body's ability to actually burn fat and use it effectively um, it completely dysregulates our HPA axis or our hypothalamus pituitary axis um, which then leads on to cause other hormonal imbalances like DHEA your sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, um, even growth hormones as well. Um, It increases the belly fat and I'll talk about why that happens in a second. Um, It increases the rate at which we also store that fat and it also increases our our sort of bad or or our low um, density lipoprotein or the bad sort of quote unquote um, cholesterol levels as well. So let me talk about how cortisol does this stuff. Um, When we are in that fight or flight response cortisol makes us go into that kind of really um, reactive mode so instead of being able to consciously think and have those like higher executive functions, we become super aware of everything that could possibly go wrong in our environment. So we're being hyper vigilant. When that happens, our blood sugar level goes really high um, to send energy to our limbs, which is where we need it. And with that process, insulin also spikes so that we can uh, so that we can use utilize it later as well. And then after 20 minutes, all of that process should resolve so it should come back down and it should um everything should come back to its baseline normal um but for most of us that restoration pattern doesn't happen Um, when we're in this chronic state part of what cortisol does is it helps us to actually conserve energy so it's actually um, specifically designed to do this. So it's needed for the restoration of inner energy after these really stressful periods. Um, so this is also why when we've got lots of cortisol, we feel really foggy headed and really fatigued. And it's part of our body's biological process to tell us to actually calm down and rest. But we ignore it. <laughs> um and in this process it actually stores fat around the belly so that's that that what we call that visceral abdominal fat or the visceral abdominal fat and this is not regular fat this is really smart fat um and this is what we store in times of famine so this is you know when our body is getting ready for um you know a period without readily available food this is where it actually puts the weight um and it's very pro inflammatory and it uh, sends signals to our brain that actually decreases our sensitivity to leptin. And remember, leptin is that satiety hormone. So it's telling your body, no, we've got to keep eating, eating, eating to make sure that we've got this storage of fat for later when we need it, because it thinks that we're going into a time of famine or that starvation mode. Um, It also makes carbs or simple sugars taste better. So it actually pre-programs and signals to our brain that we need that really quick energy fix because it's so energy dense but not nutrient-rich at all. So it's those simple carbs, it's that really highly processed sugar Um, and we know that that also blocks the leptin receptors of the brain. So it's a bit of a double whammy there. So not only is that visceral fat stopping our brain from knowing uh, that we've had enough to eat, it's making us drive those sugar cravings that added sugar blocks the leptin receptors at the brain. So we're going to keep eating and this cannot sustain us and it doesn't make us feel full at all. So we just eat more and more and more. Um, And then that keeps us eating that stuff because our brain thinks that that sugar tastes so much better. So it drives our cravings as well. Well, while you say cravings, I
0: love to say when, when you've got chronic stress, you get cravings and cravings are always for things that start with C's. And so yeah. this is like chips, cookies, cake, chocolate. Like if you coffee. think about, yeah, coffee, cheese, you know, a lot of people start to, to jump in and here those things are high fat, high sugar. Isn't that fascinating that um, it, I don't know why it happened to people but I remember years ago looking at, why is it that all these things we crave when we're under chronic stress or we've got these cravings, It's always C's. So if you're wondering what it is you're craving, chances are it's not carrot though <laughs> it's most yeah. likely to be those things that are high sugar high fat and uh, fall into the C categories so Makes
1: uh, big, uh, for crap crappy
0: food <laughs> exactly um, so we've got to try we've got to try and consciously avoid that but i think at the same time we've got to understand the chemical pathways that are facilitating this craving process to understand why willpower alone is often not enough to overcome like it's so easy to say oh don't but i shouldn't eat that i, I you know i can't eat that i won't eat that but the problem is willpower doesn't win um it's yeah, the physiology right. the actual body's needs and demands will generally win over your short-term willpower because because chronic stress wears you down. And the interesting thing about cortisol is that it's a bit of a um, a flip because we think of cortisol as a hormone that makes us survive. So it does a lot of things that bring us up into high function, but it also does some things that breaks us down because it's actually a catabolic hormone, a breakdown hormone. So it can actually slow your metabolism down.
1: Exactly. And that's because it's actually asking our body to convert other things into more energy to potentially store it for later because remember like you said it's catabolic it's that storage so it asks our liver to convert glycogen into more glucose to raise our blood sugar levels um and it also asks our skeletal muscles to convert amino acids into glucose by the liver again but over time that actually starts to break down muscle mass And we know when we've got good lean muscle mass, this is actually a very pro-metabolic state. So we burn more energy during the day when we've got good lean muscle. That's why weight, brain exercise and those sorts of things is really important. So when you've got a high body fat percentage, your metabolic rate is a lot lower. So when you're in this high stress state, you're actually breaking down of muscle. And this is why those really harsh calorie-restricted
0: diets cause such problems in the long term and can make things even worse is because they break down this metabolic important muscle tissue. And over time, you deplete that and your metabolism actually starts to switch off or slow down. So it's a vicious, nasty cycle because we hear of these diets requiring this low-calorie take, and yet it's actually the very thing that long-term is damaging us and causing that, need or that uh i guess essential uh situation where you you diet you get some success short term it all seems to come back on again and you diet again and it's this crash coaster roller coaster yo-yo diets we like to call them because they just don't
1: work exactly yeah um and it's such a vicious cycle um finally, one of the last things that happens is that our pancreas actually produces less insulin and insulin is what helps to move the glucose into the cells so that we can actually utilize it as energy. And then our cells actually become less sensitive to insulin, which is now now we've got insulin resistance, which is that metabolic syndrome, which is the precursor to diabetes. So now all of a sudden from that chronic stress, we've got massive sugar cravings. Sugar tastes better to us. So that visceral abdominal fat is signaling to our brain that we need more sugar sugar our body is breaking down our muscle mass which is making us have a higher body fat percentage which is a hormone producer of its own which means we're going to gain more fat around the midsection again which is more pro-inflammatory which is a more stressful state for the body which again induces that cortisol response now our pancreas can't keep up with the sugar load we become insulin resistant which is that metabolic syndrome which is that pre-diabetic state and then the cycle continues yeah and
0: once you're in that cycle how do you get out of it so ladies if you are noticing that you've got some cravings if you're craving things that are the high in fat that are high in sugar that are salty then whether you know it or not consciously or not you're definitely exhibiting signs of a stress response and the body is biologically demanding you fuel that response so that it can keep functioning it's a survival mechanism the other thing people notice as well that this whole cycle facilitates it's sort of a chicken or an egg situation it's starts to create problems with sleep patterns so it can facilitate mm-hmm. insomnia or issues with going to sleep staying asleep waking up frequently and this can also be part of the roller coaster that is that insulin resistance insulin response because obviously your blood sugar levels are not stable so you will wake throughout the night because your body is going through a roller coaster on its blood sugar yeah, um, exactly. and of course as soon as your blood sugar drops from the stress response it leads to fatigue <laughs> you then go and want to stay up again so you're going to choose Chocolate coffee, things like that to bring you up. And again, still part of that horrendous cycle. Some people will revert to alcohol because it helps to, you know, dull down the response of the body. And of course, temporarily feeling better. Oh, yeah, it relaxes me. I can get to sleep. But, you know, again, long term, this is a toxic chemical stress on your body and it will not work. So I think, uh, yeah, I really hope you get the idea from that, ladies, that it's something that you need to understand why the body does what it does. And the fact that these hormones involved are incredibly clever. You know, they're not working against you. They really aren't. And everyone, you know, curses their body and hates those fatty bits and that. But just think about it as the expression of the body trying to do what it can do for as long as it possibly can do it to continue to allow you to survive and function at your highest level possible. Now, unfortunately, that's often not a very high level at all. So, uh, yeah, but but it is yeah. survival, and this is the difference between surviving or thriving. And so, we really want to. Give you some ideas on ways you can switch out of this pattern and obviously move from that survival state into a, a more vit, vital, abundant, happy, balanced—you know—energetic, vital. Like these are the things that should come to your mind when you say, oh, "How do you feel today?" Fantastic, wonderful, amazing. Um, but how do you you answer if someone says, "Oh, how are you?" Oh, good. Not bad. Fine. Like there's such lackluster words when it comes to how we live, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so let's talk about some solutions. Now, this is such a touchy subject because, you know, and I totally take my hat off to all the mums out there with young kids who maybe are still working or they're, you know, supporting the family, they're being absolute superwomen or just, you know, women who also don't have kids who've got very high-pressure jobs who, you know, are taking on the world or, or whatever it might be. It's very hard or very, and I shouldn't say it's hard. It's easy for me to say these things and it's easy for us to give you advice, but adding in extra time in your day to try and do some of these things might seem completely overwhelming. So we're going to give you just some very gentle advice, um, but it's going to work. Um, and we know that it works. Um, and first thing I think is ditch the diets. We, we know that caloric restriction Particularly things like, and I'm going to say diets like, and I'm going to call them out here, Weight Watchers, Light and Easy, any of the calorie restricting diets do not work. They might work short term, but it's predisposing your body to, um, it's completely changing your metabolic rate and it's predisposing you for greater weight gain later on. And this is also why they want to keep you
0: on the programs essentially because at some point you're going to plateau and the challenge is you can't overcome the plateau because you've reached that maximum capacity for your body to strip any further fat. So a lot of people get very frustrated on calorie-restricted diets. They get to a certain point and then they hit, a stop sign like it's like i've been yeah. doing this and i've been the last six months though so i haven't lost a thing it's just not getting off i can't get this last five kilos i can't get rid of this last 10 kilos and that's yeah. why so if, if that's the thing that frustrates you most chances are you're falling into this category that the restrictive diets you've been on have actually stalled your metabolism and you're kind of at your threshold so we need to
1: change that exactly and we know that that what's called cognitive dietary restraint which means stressing about food or having overly restrictive diets actually raises your cortisol levels. So we know that this absolutely does not work and it's really harmful, particularly when it's combined with that sleep deprivation, Ash, like you were saying with the fluctuating blood sugar levels. So ditch The diets. Um, We need to keep our blood sugar levels nice and balanced and you do that with good quality proteins, fat and good choice carbohydrates like fruits, veggies and salads. Um, Now, for anyone who's in this high cortisol state or has that cortisol dysregulation, I would never recommend intermittent fasting for you because it's going to be too stressful for the body and you need food in the mornings when you're waking up. Um, And I know that this might go against what a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, well, if I just don't eat for longer, maybe that will help but absolutely not. You need to eat regularly to keep your blood sugar levels balanced right now. Um, Intermittent fasting might be fine for you later on, but not right now. So ditch the diets and eat regularly. Good,
0: good, solid advice. So we, as you can hear, we started with what you put into your body. So we started with food. Um, I think, you know, once you start to see a little bit of success, it can also reduce that psychological stress. So mm-hmm. once you start to feel a bit more balanced, you notice your moods and, and attitude and attention and um, I guess your thinking and processing, that little bit of brain fog starts to shift. It helps you make better choices. And this is when you really need to now focus on some of the other things that you need to be aware of and the psychological stress management is such a big, big deal here because if you keep having triggers that fire off this adrenal cortisol response, you're not going to get through this state of survival uh, mechanism. So we need to look at some of the strategies you employ that work for you. And I say for you because I could say go and do yoga, but you might find stretching around and, and stressing your body in a room full of women that you don't feel uh, comfortable around, or you, for example, uh, can't do the moves so that- stress that may not be your thing your thing Mm -hmm. may be a walk on the beach Um, I do have a caveat here though I certainly encourage my clients when they're in a high stress state, it's very tempting to go out there and bust a massive aerobic workout because they temporarily feel like, oh my gosh, I've burnt all these calories. So you mentally feel good about that. You've sort of rewarded yourself. You've burnt off the extra calories you should have uh, you know, not eaten today. So you feel Mm -hmm. positive about that. But that high intensity aerobic workout is actually the physical stress that can send yourself into this stress response, which is cortisol, adrenaline, and all the rest. So it's a temporary response. People hate me saying this, but I will actually say, slow it down. So yeah,
1: exactly. slow it Calm the down. Exercise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's so counterintuitive when you're trying to lose weight because people have been taught and we've been programmed to believe we must go to a gym, we must do high-intensity workouts in order to lose weight. But if you understood that 80% of the weight loss comes from what you put in and only around 20% is what you put out in regards to the physical exertion you have, then you suddenly realize that the stress from the exercise is not worth it because it's really exactly. only 20% of the big picture. So if you can think about that and say, okay, so it's important to move and that's, i um, definitely don't um, say don't move. You need to go for your 30 minute to one hour walks. You want to have a little bit of cardiovascular um, challenge, but not stress. If you're getting huffy puffy, you can't talk to someone you're walking with. That's at a higher threshold. That's when you start to move into stress response. So I encourage people to go into a walking pattern where they walk, where you could say a sentence and you just need a moment to catch your breath again and you can talk again. But if you Mm-hmm. Can't talk as you're walking along or running along, then that's the threshold that I want you to drop back down from. So we kind of keep it in conversations where you you, know, you can talk for a sentence, have a little breather, talk again, talk again, talk again in bursts, and that's a really healthy state. That's usually around 60 to 70% of your threshold, and it's a great metabolic burning state without pushing yourself into that cortisol stress response.
1: Exactly. And if you look at um, really highly trained athletes who do this as their livelihood, we know that they will train, rest, heal, repeat, because that's their livelihood, right? So they will train, rest, heal, repeat, and whatever interval that might be will depend on them and their capacity. Um, But if we're, say, crossfitting or we're training for a marathon, we don't always allow ourselves that heal and rest Component because we're so good at pushing ourselves, and that exercise increases cortisol levels, and we know that. Um, so, studies have actually shown that over exercising the individuals that do that actually have low cortisol levels during their training, which is the opposite of what you want. You need your cortisol levels up there a little bit during training, but afterwards, After they've exercised, their cortisol levels actually peak. So it's like their body is trying to cope with too much inflammation or infection after they've exercised, and that is really tough for the body to deal with. So that's that chronic stress state as well. Um, So, ladies, calm the exercise. It's really, really important. Um, One thing that I uh, really like to encourage people to do is just – With the relaxation for something that works for you and something that you can do multiple times during the day that doesn't take any money or any extra time is just think of a really happy memory and one of your most happy moment. So it might be playing with the kids. It might be spending time with your girlfriends. Um, for me, it's that feeling I get uh, with Tiaki on the beach, or it might be that feeling that I get lying in that Shavasana at the end of yoga. Um, that, you know, that very peaceful, but almost like that euphoric feeling. And what I'll try and do is I'll try and conjure that throughout the day whenever I'm feeling crappy, because yeah. I don't want to feel that way. So how can I switch that? How can I raise my energy, raise my vibration? I do that with those sorts of um, almost putting myself into that headspace, And that can be a really nice relaxation technique that you can do. And the more you do it, the easier it is. And the more that your body will want to shift into feeling that way all the time. So try and think of a really happy, joyful moment for you and try and conjure that in those times of stress. And that's a beautiful thing to do because we know visualization is a
0: powerful tool and these positive visualizations act as like a serotonin switch. And exactly. so you can actually facilitate that serotonin, the happy hormone response just by thinking about it. You don't actually have to be in, in that moment. It doesn't have to be something happening in actuality. And that's a perfect example of what we call positive stress. You stress things that make us feel good, make our body work better. And the flip is that distress, that negative stress, the negative cycle stress. So just as powerful as your mind is to conjure up positive happy visualizations that work to your benefit, just think about those times where you catastrophize or think about the things that haven't even happened yet or imagine the the problem that's about to happen in the day that hasn't happened yet. There is your flip side. That's the negative stress response and that's when you can Mm -hmm. facilitate cortisol just as easily and quickly as you can facilitate positive serotonin. So be very careful about how you think. Um, An attitude of gratitude, positivity, Mm -hmm. thinking good thoughts... Being grateful for what is and what you do have um, rather than dwelling on the don'ts and I, I wish I had and I, I should have had. And anything that brings you back into that low, as you said, resonance, lower vibration, unfortunately yeah. facilitates the stress response. So, you know, work on the capacity you have to stay in a higher state, a higher vibration. Um, and I think that's why Andy and I both often will have our clients will tell us, How can you? be so happy why are you always so happy are oh, you are always smiling and, and it's not to say that life doesn't get hard for us too it's not to say we don't have bad events or things that happen that are not ideal or lose things people you know money whatever the same stresses that everyone else experiences but yeah. the way you see that experience your interpretation of those events your approach to those events determines whether that is something that drives you down bringing you into this negative stress cycle bringing you into the breakdown of your immune system breakdown of your physiological hormonal cycles and all of these other things that happen in that cascade or you moderate manage it it's an acute short-term stress you bring yourself back into a state where you can recover and repair and you're, you're geared again for another event that will happen so um yeah really working on the mind is powerful i love and i always encourage my clients and i have so many patients that have benefited just from this really simple task is breathing yeah breath, mindfulness, um, I ask people to take take a nice, so as you're sitting there now, take a natural breath in for me. What I want you to be aware of is where did that breath come from? Did it come from up in your chest, high up, you know, an your sort of collarbone, up in your ribs, or did it come from your abdomen, from your diaphragm? Because Mm -hmm. where you breathe from determines your stress response too. So if when you take that breath in, you feel the first thing that moves is your chest rising, you need to get back into a diaphragmatic parasympathetic stress reducing breathing pattern. And it's so simple to fix that. So honestly, yeah, it's just, um, it's, We said we didn't want to add more stress to your life. We didn't want to add more hours to your day. And you can now see that imagine if every time you just pulled up at the traffic lights, you just took one moment to think about where your breath is coming from. You realize that you're rising at the chest instead of, um, I guess, escaping out through the diaphragm where your belly should move out first before your chest rises up. Um, Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing if every day you did that, every time you stopped at traffic lights, you're actually lowering your stress response rather than freaking out that you're running late for work. I mean, you've got these opportunities. It's just about
1: building them into your day-to-day. And I just want to add in one more piece of homework for you to help to curb this, and that is spend time with your girlfriends. And I know I said I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna add more time to your day, but you know what? Women have a biological imperative to have that close relationship with other women or other men as well. But it's that meaningful relationship because as women, the way we're driven, we go into fight or flight. But we, but our system actually takes it one step further, and we go into what's called attend and befriend. So we will fuss around ourselves. We'll fuss around our families when we're in a very stressful state. Um, and we need to talk. It's part of our biology. Um, I have a ritual every Thursday morning. I go to the gym with my best friend Kina and we go for brekkie afterwards. And, um, you know, the gym workout is a bit of a, it's more of a, like, Oh, we hardly ever do anything there. And everyone who's at the gym with us will go, that's not really workout. We have these like, um, kind of synchronized workouts that we do. And then we go and we have breakfast and we have that connection. And. I wake up on the Thursday mornings and I think of all the things that I should be doing during that time. And almost every week I'm going, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this, but I've committed to it. I make it happen. And The way my system responds to that is so much more beneficial than if I was just to tick boxes and, you know, on my to-do list instead of that. So we have a biological imperative to spend time with our girlfriends. So it could be that you invite them over early in the morning and you do um, 10 minutes of Tai Chi together to help to lower your cortisol levels and calm yourself to set yourself up for the day. Or um you know call them or text them right now and schedule in a walk along the beach together um so this is your homework ladies and i'm going to give it to you right now so there's those relaxation techniques so coming up and conjuring your best memory and the moments when you felt most happy and trying to Think about those during the day. Put a post-it note on your t- on your um, your computer screen that reminds you of that. Make it a smiley face or something so that every time you look at it, you're reminding yourself to conjure those feelings. Um, the attitude of gratitude like what Ash was talking about. So think of three things right now that you're grateful for and feel those in your body. Ditch the diets, calm down the exercise, and spend time with your girlfriends. That sounds pretty simple, right? Yep, we're on board, good. Uh, So that's your homework. Um, And the breathing techniques as well, so don't forget that. So they're conjuring the happy memories, which will help with relaxation, calm the exercise, ditch the diet, spend time with your girlfriends and breathe.
0: Beautiful. Right. Look, I think if every woman on listening today could get in and jump in even just two of those five things, you'd be so much closer towards having, uh, I guess, a more calm, happy, balanced biology, but also mentally, you know, physically stronger, repairing and recovering better. Who doesn't want that? So, ladies, we want you to feel fantastic. Just make it an intention for this week that you focus in on a couple of things and add in week by week one extra thing or switch them around. You know, sometimes it's overwhelming to feel like you have to do all of these things at once but honestly something is better than nothing get started do one thing do two things do three things whatever you want to take on the challenge for but uh, guaranteed you no change will happen unless you actually do something now so get out there today do one or two of these things and uh, we really look forward to talking to next week if you love this show and you think uh, we're sharing some great information that you know is helping you and helping others then please go onto iTunes we'd love you to uh, share your reviews or a five-star rating if you feel we deserve it we really appreciate that because that helps us push the message out further and um, and gets us obviously in the digital world of all these algorithms that run whether or not people find us or hear us or whatever. Um, unfortunately, we do require those to to make us uh, I guess stretch our boundaries a little bit further than just our local area. So we hope to reach a global audience and to do that we need your help. So thank you very much for those who have already done that, and thanks in advance for those who are going to do it. Um, join us on the Wellness Women Facebook page. You can go to Facebook.com forward slash the Wellness Women and also our social media Instagram handle is underscore the wellness women so there's numbers of ways you can get in touch with us if you'd like more um, please get in touch if you need help from us for any reasons we can uh, certainly guide you on a personal level if required we really appreciate you tuning in each week thank you so much and until we see you next week be well